Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. It's podcast time. And this week, got the one and only Chris Lorenzo. Um, I've known Chris for quite a while. Uh, from I kind of knew him when he was in Birmingham um, and then got close to him when he moved to America and kind of just seen him on the road and being about he's obviously one of the most prolific producers in house bass house everything he's just super talented um also one of the nicest guys in the industry uh i had a great conversation with him so without further ado the one and only chris lorenzo and we are live chris chris lorenzo what's cooking man not too bad mate you know we're some days are good, some days are shit. I feel you. Slowly trying to navigate back from this uh, crazy year and a half that we've all been through. Yeah, yeah, man. In other news, you know in the UK you don't get LaCroix. Really? Yeah, I've just found this. It's called Dash Water and no word of a lie is better than LaCroix. Is it really? Do you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not really a fan of LaCroix. Really? Megan loves LaCroix. Trash. I love it. I'm not a fan of seltzers either. I never it used to like... I've got terrible English teeth, so as soon as I have three sips, like, my teeth are just <laughs> fucking killing. <laughs> I never used to like um, sparkling water, and then I think I, I, I matured and grew up. and I'm still living in Neverland, mate. Yeah, mate. I feel it's like sparkling water like, on a hangover. Oh. Is it good or bad? No, it's horrendous. Is it? It's like licking a TV. Remember the old TVs when you get the static? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's that's showing our age because we're not even that old. But we're not. But I'm, I'm sure we were born right in the middle of that period yeah. from where when we were young, we would play outside and do. Mate, can you what, turn your notifications off? I can. I'm sorry, mate. Thanks. There we go. I'm telling you, mine. Yeah, like, you know, where we come from, the uh, the age gap of where we were like, playing outside a lot when we were younger and we weren't distracted by the phones and the. And yeah, the computer when... game. I think it was only when I got to 12, 13 when like PlayStations. Mm, same. But, yeah, I, I got my first phone on my 13th birthday. And what was your first one? I can't, it was like a flip. I can't even remember. This it, the brand is not even around anymore. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> um, but I never had oh, a knock. I, I never. My, go on. Before my two ten. Yeah, I never had one of those. It was like a BT Cellnet phone. I think my first one was. Oh yeah, classic. BT Cellnet. Yeah, we, we, with the little uh, aerial that used to stick out the top. Yeah. I remember one of my brother's friends. I swear he was a drug dealer. Um, and he always like had fancy aerials on his phone like so you could like replace the aerials so when like somebody would call you they'd light up i don't know why that's why i remember so so chris lake naturally brought his agent uh, cody chapman one of those old phones 
with the big aerial. Really? Make his big boy phone calls on. <laughs> <laughs> That's that so good. Funny. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, we did. We did grow up in a time where. Because how old are you? Thirty-three. Yeah, so you're two years. Oh, old. I'll say thirty-two because the last year didn't really count. Yeah, yeah. You're like a couple of years older than me, and we grew up in the era of dial-up internet. Yes. When you're on the internet, yeah. and then your mum picks up the phone, and it fucking kills the connection. Mate, do you remember Kazar? No, what's Kazar? And the Kazar was like a, a Napster, like a, uh, okay. a file, like a torrent download site. Yeah. And then that's when my parents started learning about computer viruses. <laughs> <laughs> All the dodgy MP3s I used to download. LimeWire. Yeah, that's, that's how I used to get a lot of my music because that was when it was crossing from obviously like CDs into the digital world. Mm. And, Can you remember AIM? AIM no. chat. A- it was AOL chat. And it was the only chat that chat kind of forum that you would like have all your mates on, and they if you kept your internet on, you they would be able to send you music, and it would just automatically download. Um, I never had. That, huh? So like in the morning, like all your mates had sent you a load of music, and it was it was there in the morning, and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing, and it would That's like pretty cool. yeah, it was cool, but MSN there was another one as well, as well as Kazar. I was talking about it with uh, AC Slater. LimeWire was one. LimeWire, that's the one. Yeah, LimeWire was the big one. Yeah, then there was MSN Messenger. Um, oh, mate, I wasted my childhood on that. Yes. I never understood it's so it. Good, it's so good just to be able to connect with all your schoolmates. Yeah, but we spent like eight hours at school with them and then spent 15 hours at night yeah. talking to them. Gossiping and chatting. Could you imagine if meme culture was alive then? Oh, my God. <laughs> We would we would have all committed suicide, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we, could you imagine having wait? Could you imagine growing up with Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter and Facebook now? Like it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because I did see um there was the there was the Facebook uh, whistleblower that came forward, mm. and, uh, but um, they have uh, in their files that it says that Instagram is bad for young girls. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that today. And he, he, I, I completely understand it because uh, he was talking about like the body uh, dysmorphia and the body shaming stuff that mm. a lot of the kids go through now. Do you reckon guys get that as well? I think so. Mm. Clearly not me. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just went to the gym. How was it? What did you What do you work uh, out? I didn't do any because I had to uh, navigate a load of uh, routine for this weekend that I'm now pulling out on because it was too much of a shit show. <laughs> Why? Um, because it was for a frat party and it was, ah, okay. the show's this Saturday, what it's supposed to be. And yeah, trying to move the set times and the venues and we just haven't been able to lock anything in. So I just said, let's just, just call it a day. But you know, when you're trying to book something the week of the flight prices and it's uh, so high, all the decent seats are gone on an airplane. And especially at the moment, five, so, you know, me in a middle seat going to Florida from, from LA, Los Angeles. Yeah. it's not the most comfortable. It's all right for me. It's like first class being in the cattle class for me. <laughs> <laughs> just put like a little case in front of you. You can just like lie there. Literally, I'm all good. <laughs> Tall um, people problems, mate. Yeah. Yeah, this it's the one thing I'm not, I'm glad I'm not tall. You and Chris, Lakey, I'm like, and MK as well. 
He's a big lad, isn't he? He's yeah. tall as fuck. Yeah. And he like, I remember like when we used to tour together and he would, he has to kind of fly first class because he's tall. Yeah. And. And he's rich. Sorry? And he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and big uh, rich helps with them first class flights. It yeah. does. It does indeed. But who do you fly with the most? American. How, how do you find DJ anything like that then as well? Because so recently I, I now have to request on my rider that the decks are to a certain height for me mm. because if they're too low for me, especially when I, I, I noticed it when I was doing my open to close sets, mm. that when I'm playing for prolonged periods of time, that if the decks are too low and I'm crouching down yeah. too much, that like, it was starting to affect my back and my neck. Well, I'm the opposite. Where I have to ask for a step. <laughs> <laughs> the easy step. Literally, mate. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I yeah, we, we request it for a certain height. And then you know what it's like. And this is no disrespect to promoters, but promoters don't fucking listen to it half the time or read it half the time. And then you get yeah. to the club and you're like, I need I can't even fucking see the decks or I can't they can't see me. So I'm like Yeah, they just see like the hat. Yeah, it's literally just bobbing around and then my like beard like being blown in the wind or something. But it's like it I don't know. It then they just sort of a good promoter though. You know when everything you request is is there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one with like a huge load of requests on my rider and stuff. You know, just little things like having the turntables to the right height. The thing that the thing for me is like the, the the tech, which amazes me how often people don't get that right. Yeah, and they say they just okay it that they've got it all, and then you turn up and you're like, guys, you're paying me pretty decent money to be in this club, yes. and you're not giving me the tools that we've asked for, which makes no sense. Yes, I know, but but you know how it is. It happens more often than not. It, mate, it happens at festivals. My, my biggest pet peeve at festivals is when there's the delay between the monitor and what's in your headphones. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Have you ever matched something up in your headphones and you bring it in? And, you're and like... then it's like the Grand National and you have to like, correct <laughs> real quick. <laughs> or maybe I've just got worse at mixing. <laughs> maybe you just <laughs> can't mix like shit, mate. <laughs> just coming in like... How did you find? We'll send it the wrong way, and then it's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. yeah. I think it's. I think it shows the human, I guess. Yeah, I listened to a set of mine the other day. Someone recorded it, and yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I can DJ anymore, mate. It was literally bad. Like it, I'm like, did I really play like this? And you don't realize when when it's live, you don't really hear it. But when when somebody records a set and then there's no crowd and there's no atmosphere. You're like, oh my God. This oh, is... so it was just kind of recorded off the CDJ? Yeah, it was recorded straight out of the mixer. Yeah, because you, like, you've got crowd ambience and, yeah. and like, you know, natural reverbs that can mm. hide that normally, you know. And, and also, like, I think we're just very uh, critique of ourselves. Mm. Maybe. you got to think how intoxicated a lot of people are that we're playing to. Yeah, they didn't care, do they? Some of those little mistakes, you know, can just get like <laughs> until you put it on SoundCloud, and then the internet just rips your asshole out. Oh, mate. yeah, but you know that's not real life, is it? The no, comments. This is true. I, to be fair though, I, I'm pretty sure you don't, but I don't get. I get maybe one bad comment per a hundred 
posts. I don't know about yeah. you. The, the, there's always going to be a troll. There's not one person who I've ever seen who has said that I'd never get. Yeah. You know, negative comments. Very, it's very rare Probably, for me. Mate, you could be the ripest peach on the tree, but yeah. not everybody's going to like peaches. Mate, turn those notifications off. I did. Like, I don't know what happened. Sorry, mate. <laughs> notifications. I remember having like one dude that was always trolling me. Always. Like once a week, he'd like comment something on my pitch on my photos and and it wasn't even like funny it was like dude you're just trying to be nasty and i dm'd him and was like mate what's your issue yeah and he was like i'm sorry man i'm just trying to be funny and i'm like dude you're, you're not being funny and i'm cool with it like i can take what you're saying but if you do that to somebody else the consequences might be a little different like be careful with what you're actually or how you're actually talking to people and I found some of the messages since the pandemic have started getting slightly heavier as well. I've been speaking about it with a few of my other DJ friends and they're all saying the same. I had a message last week and it was saying something along the lines of, I'm going to get it. You, you know, you, you tell me what you would think when you first read this message. I had to let you know you're so rude. I don't know who you think you are, but there is way better DJs than you that have never been rude like you. You should really think about how you treat people. With a personality like yours, you can get out of California. I'm born and raised in San Diego, and people don't act like you here. We don't want you, and I'll be sure to pass on the word of how you are not cool. How, how would that make you feel reading that? Yeah, it makes you feel shit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I messaged uh, the person back, and I was uh, not sure what you're referring to here. Can you give me some backstory? Yeah. Ready didn't reply, and was like, Sorry to be pushy, you're telling me to get out of California. I'd like to know what it is that I've done. They replied and said, You should have took that quick picture instead of taking that shot with your entourage. I never got that vibe from Charmy. Jesus. And he's like, Really? Really? You know, this man, man. You, like, you know me as well. I'm like a very like happy, friendly person yeah. when I'm out and I always give people the time of the day. And... But I, I also think it's like, we we give a lot. Like, I'm not, not all DJs give a lot, but I know you give a lot back to you, to your fans and things like that. And I know I do. And you can't, I guess that's the thing is because of, because of social media, maybe this might be the issue, but because of social media, we're, we're so accessible people people can tell us everything people can contact us which may mean that some people and i don't i think this is the very small like 2% may think that we owe them something by them coming to a show and it's like well no this is equal parts we're all we're all here to make the show amazing and you're here to have an amazing time it's not all us having to give it's a little bit of both um, yeah, and I think you know the privacy should be respected as well, and I think that that level of privacy that we might have had, say, ten years ago, has gone now. Mm. I yeah, I think there's pros and cons to it, right? Like, I'm quite a private person, yeah, by nature usually. So like, when I'm out and about, I'm out and about, mm. and I'll give it my I'll speak to everyone. Yeah, having a good time. I want to make sure everyone feels good about themselves and they're having a good time. But then once I'm, say, off the road, I want to relax, recharge. I want to be in peace, you know. 
How do you do that? Because I, I really struggle with that, with like after touring, like go actually going and relaxing and like switching off because I fucking struggle with it. Okay. My- like, you see, it might be different for you because like, you've been sober for a long time now. Yeah. And um, for me, because I've, you know, by nature just been a party person. Yeah. So by the off tour, it's quite easy for me to relax and recharge because I have no choice. Yeah. Because I'm big, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like I can do, um, so I, I found that having things outside of music is what really helped to, uh, like channel that for me so I play a lot of football mm. and I, I was worried when I moved here like three years ago that I wouldn't be able to play football but I play more now here than I do mm. uh, than I did back in England yeah. and it's nice for me to be able to come back and have something to look forward to where I can just go and disconnect and disengage yeah yeah I and guess for me that that's what I find is the one thing that completely takes me out of that headspace yeah. of thinking about music and sets and you know, and all business. the other things that go on with it. Yeah. yeah, and all the business part. You know, it's just you need something that completely isolates you from from everything. Yeah, from whatever it is you were doing. Do you like take full on days off music where you don't look at emails, you don't look at anything, you don't look at social yes. media, you just literally just like fuck it. Yeah, I'm pretty like good at doing that. I've not see. I Whether can't... it's me sitting there and playing Call of Duty all day with yeah. the lads. Or, you know, going out hiking somewhere with Megan. Yeah. Going on a little road trip. Yeah, I'm shit at that. It's especially a lot of road trips because you have to drive on a road trip. So, you know, Mm. you are, there's no way you can look at anything, you know. Did you, when in your career, were you like, did did that happen for you? Or did it take time? Or was it always something you were good at? Uh, It's not something I've consciously noticed before. I think it was right coming up right before the pandemic. It was yeah. then I was realizing in my head, it's like I need some kind of break and rest. Yeah. Because I could feel the candle was burning. Mm. Yeah. And you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when something's a little thing and it's not a big thing, but then it. Yeah, it gets bigger and bigger. So it starts becoming bigger and bigger. Like, yeah. So for me, being on the road and then trying to navigate, being in the studio. Yeah. Was, was starting to grind my gears a bit. And I was becoming less of a producer, more of a beat maker. Mm. I was trying to make... Quick records. Yeah, yeah, quick records that would work on the dance floor, you know. Yeah, and there's, I don't know about you, but for lockdown, that completely changed it for me. Like, actually having the time to just, like, write records again. Yeah. And write So, so for me, I, I actually switched off for, like, the first... Did you? Seven or eight months. And like it felt nice knowing that I didn't have to like, you know, tr- try and draw something up for the weekend or the weekend after or whatever. Yeah. And because everything was literally on hold, it was like such a nice bit of breathing space mm. for me. Just yeah. To relax. For the for the start of lockdown, I went completely the opposite and was like, I'm writing just loads. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I just done like three and a half months open to close tour. And I'd written music. Those tools will take it out of you, mate. Yeah, they I'm do. Telling you. I love it, though. I absolutely love it. It's and so good. It's the best way to DJ. It what is. Think? It really is. And I think it's the best way for 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 fans to kind of understand DJing sets, especially in America, because in the UK, I don't know, but like playing in the UK, we play for longer here in UK and Europe. You, you get longer sets yeah. generally. Um but, in but America, when you've got that like, power hour 
festival set or even 45 minutes sometimes it's like playing after you is the worst as well it's not that bad it's fucking awful mate (laughs) (laughs) it's not that bad it's terrible it it, it could be worse I don't know who else would be worse to play after Uh, a dubstep act yeah you're pretty close to that though right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Like, sometimes it depends really what I'm feeling like on the day. <laughs> because like, like, so like, good, good. Talking on that subject, like, you know, I'm quite known for a few different sounds, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. heavier kind of night-based stuff, and then more organ house, yeah, kind of things. And I always, I've always tried to find like the middle ground mm. in between different genres, yeah. You know, because like, let, let's say Kingdom, for example. If you get, if you've got like a house night, it's strictly like tech house only. Yeah. Or if you've got a bass night, it's strictly bass mm-hmm. only. And you know, for me, that can become quite tedious after a while. This is why I like America because you have more freedom to. Y- yeah, you have. There's different that, sounds. It's not, and then they're a bit more receptive. Exactly. I feel this sounds. It sounds really weird to say but america americans i think because house music electronic music kind of left america for a long time um and then the edm kind of scene brought it back like to the commercial kind of people like commercially i think it's just opened people's minds to a lot more music a lot more different and like a lot more music whereas in you you know what it's like like growing up in Birmingham, like bass house or nothing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, bass house, drum and bass. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, there were some great house nights. Yeah. In, in Birmingham. Same as well. in like, Bristol. Birmingham's been like a real good melting pot and like for, at the forefront of bringing like music and talent through. But it's one, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a night for one genre. And. Yes. It's the same, in, same everywhere. I mean. It's just, you know, like a, a festival thing where it's. Yeah, different stage, but you know, still same, mm-hmm. same kind of complex. So I did an event before um, in Birmingham, and I tried to like mix the lineups up a little bit, yeah. and it didn't work. No, no, doesn't work Too at all. Yeah. Where over here you can do that. Yeah, and you can get away with it. Going into dubstep, back into house, into drum and bass. And yeah, yeah. The energy still there. Uh, I was playing with uh, Wax Motif in uh, Arizona the other day, and we had to come on after Cray, who was shelling it down with dubstep. <laughs> But we went on and the place just lit up straight yeah. away. And it's like, whoa. Well, look what Carnage is doing at the moment. What is he doing? I don't know. Like, too much. He's doing this Gordo stuff where he's just kind of doing the tech house thing. But he still plays like everything. Like tech house, dubstep, techno, like everything in one set. And it's almost like open format, really. Yeah. It's But with... Of the, I lo- I lo- I've always been a fan of open format. Mm. If it's good, I'll fucking play it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like, I think it's good to take risks sometimes because, you know, to be brave and try something that might not work. What's the worst that's yeah, going to happen? You know, it's a bit more instead of just kind of sticking to the plan, you know. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to, th- five minutes later, you're going to change the record. Yeah, just switching back into something else. Yeah, you know? it's just. It's not fucking brain surgery, is it? Is it we're yeah. not going to kill anyone. But I, I get bored easy when I DJ as well. Yeah. I, I really do. 
I like I'm I not. like long I like long mixes and like yeah long mixes for me I really like and just yeah. like kind of s- slowly what like when you did your open to closes like what what did, did did you like kind of start it slow and kind of get faster yeah, yeah, or, I, yeah. I start slow so I'll, I'll coordinate with the lighting engineer and everything before mm. we start but it's like look when I start I'm gonna start off like 120 to 122 yeah. you know just like you know those groovers that you just yeah, pop yeah. that you never really get a chance to play that you're into and I'll just kind of open up with with, with that. that and I'll have it at like three quarters volume and I'll be like look have all the lights on yeah you know because when people are like flooding in and stuff mm. you, you know and like I just want it to feel quite bright and Open. instead of dark instantly you yeah, know? yeah and then like and I'll say look as it gets busier just make the lights slowly darken off yeah. and stuff and until we get to the point where we're pretty much at no lights in the venue mm. You know, and then the, as soon as that point comes, that's when I start ramping it up. Yeah. And I'll bring the BPM up and yeah. start bringing out a few of the more heavy hitters. The bangers. Where did it yeah. start? Where did it start for you? Because I've, 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 I've known you for years. You mean with, with open to close or just, no, in just generally? Because like I've, I, I've known you for years, but I've, I don't, I, I knew you in when you were in Birmingham, but we didn't really talk. Like we like right. said hi. If we are going back back to the Stone Age and the Neanderthal times. <laughs> I, I used to play guitar from when I was seven years old yeah. up until I was fifteen, yeah. and I was really good. And for some reason, I just ended up not playing anymore because mm. um, my school it turned into a uh, a technology uh, school. Yeah. So they're putting like a music studio with a load of computers in with fruity loops. Yeah. And, and logic and all that stuff and and i went into the studio once and i was like well this is pretty cool yeah so i, I would wag my lessons to go into this music production suite because no one was utilizing it mm. that much and i'd just be in there messing around on fruity loops and i think it's reason 2.5 yeah. at the time or something uh, logic 5.5 and cubase yeah, we didn't have Cubase. That's one software I never really messed with too much. That's why I started on Cubase. Well, I started on yeah, Reason. I've got a few Reason. people that started on it and still use it. It's Cubases. I don't know. Yeah, like, I know Bre- it's good. Breach Breach used it. Ben Westbeach. I know he uses it. But I don't yeah. know many other people. But yeah. Is it's... that what he made Jack? With? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Cubase is really good with audio. Like, yeah really good and you can do a lot of cool shit with it um a lot easier but the interface is like pro tools kind of yes it's a bit weird it, it had a really good sound engine mm. yeah you know as opposed to because um the, my main starting software then was reason and i yeah. used reason three for the longest time yeah reason. and uh so I, I ended up uh leaving school and I went to a music production college in Lazelles mm-hmm. in Birmingham and I did about a year there and we weren't really taking it too seriously. We were just like going there to smoke weed and record vocals and make tunes and stuff. And we yeah. did the bare minimum of like yeah. the criteria that was supposed to be met. So I ended up flunking out of that after a year and I was making like baseline house style music. Yeah. And I can't remember how I come across Davey Boy at Echo Records now. So um, I do remember. So my friend, Mickey T, 
and David Clift used to DJ on an internet radio station called Baseline Beats. Okay. And I would go around to his house and I would just like mess around on his decks with him and stuff. And yeah. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And I, then I remember a few weeks around that point, I went to a, an event in Birmingham called the Moon Lounge. It was a famous like speed garage and baseline house night. Mm. And we ended up going back to one of my friend's houses who had the decks set up and I started mixing on the decks and I was obsessed. I was like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. Um, it would just be me just playing the same like 10 records or however many was there there weren't too many yeah. just doing that I started doing the internet radio thing with my friend more and then uh, I did a song in Reason with Mickey T we called it a soul thing it was my very very first release ever they got pressed to vinyl and um. it is fucking pony <laughs> 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 it's so bad do you still it's have so it bad. i do yeah it's um i've got the record amongst my records in there you can find it on a what's it called a soul thing mickey t and motions a soul thing so your first dj name was or artist name was emotions no just motions motions yes nice was it motions or chris lawrence i can't remember I've had a load of wanky fucking alias <laughs> over the years and stuff. But. I've only had my name. I've never changed my name. I've written some shit and released some shit, but it's always been Will Clark. Haven't we all, man? Oh, man. It's dangerous. But, you know, that's, that's all about the journey and the... Uh... When when was it that you were like, okay, I can write good music now? I'm still yet to get to Yeah, because mine now. was like last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah? honestly like i don't know my keys yeah i don't know chord structures or anything i just have an ear that tells me i think that sounds right yeah but i don't think you necessarily need to be um like this leads to battles when i'm working with chris lake quite a lot why because i'll do something and he'll be like it's not in key and i'll be like but it sounds good yeah he's like but it's not in key well but it sounds good doesn't it and the, for, for years, we've had these back and forth battles of him re-jigging keys or pitches on vocals and stuff. And, you know, look, granted, a lot of the times he's right. Sometimes he isn't. <laughs> and so sometimes, look, I'm trying to think about, like... I'm I'm on you with this one. Iconic like, old record that's, like, really out of key but works. I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm adding... Do you mix in key? I, no. No, me neither. Just I've just s- never used it. I've never felt the need to do it. It's just got sound good. Because of the background I come from, it was a lot of... A lot of the records were, like, sampled and stuff. Mm. And sometimes you're just sampling things out of key. And, like, you know, the key could be one key on the breakdown and it would just drop into something completely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, I actually... I just wrote and a record. Always, the contrast is, like... I wrote a record for someone recently and they got had to get the sample resung and they wanted like the original artist and they went and resung the original artist. I'm like, no, you've got to resing the sample because the resample is coming off like a vinyl that's probably pitched down to like this. Like just fucking su- resing the sample. Don't yeah, try and yeah. go and find uh, sample it. replays. Yeah, do this. Boom. Yeah. To any producers watching this who do want samples redone, like sample replays or a company in London. And they do a fantastic job. And the purpose of having samples replayed is because 
to clear the original sample sometimes can be an absolute nightmare mm -hmm. where if you recreate it, you can now sell it, but then you just have to give up the publishing yeah. to the people who made the song originally. So if you've ever heard like a dodgy cover of a song where you like, it, it sounds similar, but not the same It's because the sample's been redone. How Sometimes you walk into a Burger King or like a restaurant and you'll hear like a dodgy version of a song and that's because they don't have the rights to play the original music. Yeah. How annoying is it though when, when you've got a bad sample replay? And you hear it on a record because I can't put a bad replay out on a record personally. But there's been a you're, lot. You're a better man than me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, so, so when me and Hannah did the rhymes recorder, we yeah. had to put out a dodgy replay version. It didn't sound what? bad though. It didn't sound as good as what we originally yeah. had though, as well. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like you yeah. you get so used. I think used... that's maybe because he's in my head. Yep, one hundred percent. It's so you're it's so used to it, way, and now I'm hearing it another way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No one else noticed that. How did yeah. that? How did that whole rhyme thing come come across? I've never spoke to you about that. Um, it got picked up by Annie in the early stages, so it went out to Justin Martin and Annie mm -hmm. Mack, I think, and Annie just got behind it so much at Radio One. Yeah. And she just pushed and pushed and pushed it. And then Virgin came in and they signed it. And then it started going into a playlisting on radio. Yeah. And then eventually after a few months, I think it peaked at number six. It's a good it's a good number. In the UK chart. I was yeah. like, wow. Dance record. That's what I love yeah. about the UK. For something that like, you see that base station there? Yeah. That's what we use for it. Really? All of the noises, yeah. I still have all of the presets in there. That's so good. Which is pretty crazy. And they're like, it was round about the time when I'd just got that base station as well. Mm. So they're some of the first presets that I've ever had saved in there. And they're still in there. They were, they were nice little synths as well, actually. I like those base stations. Yeah, they're so good still. Because yeah. even now, I use that to... I use the arpeggio the arpeggiator from that to power everything else yeah this the, oh. this orange thing yeah there's a company in a what is in that Birmingham. uh it's a company called analog solutions and it's called a fuse box so it's a semi-modular you have to generator. build it yourself uh no no it's all built for you but when i say semi-modular it's like you know you can still make use it like a normal synth but yeah. then you know you can patch see things and patch things yeah. then you can patch it into other synths and yeah if anybody's listening and not watching, go watch it on YouTube because then you'll understand a little bit more what Chris is talking about. I still don't understand it properly. I no. just start plugging things into other things. And mm. Do you as like soon as it sounds, it sounds good? Because I've never really wanted to dive down that full modular route. I just think everybody that does it just doesn't make any music. No, exactly. So even when we're using the synths and stuff here, like we will just record like hour long clips sometimes yeah. two hour long clips of just jamming mm. like, you know have a drum beat in the back and then just make loads of weird noises yeah. and then off the back of that you, you know audio you've got from the recording then we will just sample that mm. which a is idea. a much like, quicker way of you know producing them because if you've got like if you're going out to make a song and you've got the samples and noises already yeah 
it makes building the track so much easier. Yeah, see, I've, I've got this thing where, like, I've got a load of hardware stuff and I use it, but I'm, like, I go to it to, like, go, I need to make this sound because this is what the sound I want in this record it, rather than do that. But I've I've done it with other people where they just record a bunch and it, it is a fun, creative process. It's almost like a jamming session, right? It's just like... Well, me, me and friend within have done about five sessions together where we're like, we're going to make a song and all we've done is just jam. <laughs> we did the same. I, I did the same with him. All, all different noises and we've not put out one record. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> oh. I love it. I just love that way of working because... You know, especially in this day and age, some people are under the, the impression that if you're going to get into a session with someone, you have to get the song out and yeah. get it done. But sometimes it's nice just to be able to like link up with someone and just have a jam out yeah. and just fight. You know, not everything needs to be created for release. No, it's just have fun, isn't it? I think that's what a lot of it can be lost. I can I can lose that myself. Is it like and as soon as you take that out as well, you eliminate the pressure of yeah. having to get a song done and sometimes having like pressures or deadlines on things mm. can really shit on your creativity massively mass i i've literally I, hate deadlines. I, hate them. I plan so far ahead so yeah. that there's no like i've i have all my music pretty much signed until the end of summer next year because i'm just like nice then, yeah then i don't have to worry about it and and i can change something if i if i'm like actually i don't like that anymore um but yeah. it gives me so much time to just like breathe and then no pressure in the studio yeah it's, it's depressing pressure pressure in the studio because it's like we're, yeah. we we want to be creative but you can't be creative when there's pressure no. remixes remixes do my head in when they're like oh yeah we need I'm, it next week remixes. sorry For, you know, i'm quite the opposite with remixes really there's no yeah yeah I never felt pressure on a remix. I'm just, I'll just smash it out. I don't think it's pressure for me, but it's like I want to. I don't know about you, but like when I write a record, I want to be able to like play it and listen to it and see, and then go back to the studio once I've done it and be like, okay, I want to change this or I want to change that. Um, or in that aspect, absolutely, I agree. Or then A yeah. and R's try and get involved. Yeah. Like, There's a few remixes I've done before where the A and R's have said, "Can you change this or make it more like this record that you did before, or make it more clubby?" And I'm like, "Fuck off!" Especially through the pandemic, there was a few remixes I did then. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't in like making club music. Uh... Money remixes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did a couple of those in pandemic, and wish I didn't yeah. now. Oh man, I, I did a, a live stream for a nicotine company. Did you? Yeah, hope they paid you. It was back at the early part of the pandemic, and like they paid me a decent bit of money for it. Mm. But uh, I think we were supposed to stream for an hour, and on on the time we were supposed to stream, when they announced uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I was like, I'm not doing any more live streams. No, I'd... I know that you know live streams was the thing that everyone was doing at the time. And, I refused. I didn't do a single one the whole of lockdown. Yeah. I did one, actually. I think I played for like five hours and I drank a box and a half of wine. <laughs> I think I heard about that. Yeah, it was pretty messy. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard about that one. I think Chris told me about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun, man. As long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. I was at the time. That's, that's great. That's great. I am now. Um, I have to be sober now, by the way. What to drink? 
to, to drink to, uh, to play. So I could no more drinking. Really? Yes. I don't. I feel like your face is saying. I, I don't know no, if no. I believe oh, yeah, this. He, he's a reluctant one. But like, <laughs> I, so I am now on the path of sobriety. <laughs> please tell me. Please tell me why. What's ha- what happened? My, my liver is not too oh, okay. healthy. Okay. So um, I, I've been feeling super tired recently, mm. and I was getting like weird. Like you look, like I've been punched in my face. Yellow yeah. bags under my eyes and stuff. And and I, initially, I, I had this like shaky finger and thumb for a while. So I was like, let's have some blood tests to see what it is. Yeah. Turns out that's nothing. And what was highlighted on the test is that I have enzymes that are leaking out of my liver into my bloodstream. Fuck, man. Which is a sign that there's something up with my liver. Yeah. Which shows that years of drinking. <laughs> and and, and you drink. Taking its toll now. You yeah. party, mate. You party hard. Yes. I don't know where the off switch is. That was my problem. Yeah. So, fully sober? I have to be, yeah. Fully sober. Sick, man. Congrats. So, uh, I did my first sober show in a few years. How did you find it? I enjoyed it. It was nice. You remember it? It's good to have composure, yeah. And I did. I remembered (laughs) every moment. And also, it's good to watch the journey of people who are sober. Oh, my God. It's the best. And I'm like, is that, am I like this? No, you're I'm worse. Like, I'm, 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 <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Yeah. It's um It's quite interesting. So yeah, oh, I am definitely gonna be on like a new path and journey now with changing my rider. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's well, I think the only sober DJs I know are you and Chris. And, and Justin. Justin now as well, yeah. Yeah. Um I think Claude's sober as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are going there. Yeah, Claude's been sober since. Um... You wouldn't think so with his Instagram videos, would you? <sighs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I'm got, joking. Just got a screw loose, hasn't he? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think more and more people are slowly going there. Yeah. Well, we're all just getting older, mate, and our, everyone's yeah, bodies are. are just like taking the toll. I yeah, think. and especially with like, the way we travel and talk. Mm. A lot as well. Yeah, because I don't think it was I, ever... I know it's a given thing. You know, like, a lot of people are like, you know, you're DJs and stuff. You earn good money. You know, you should you should be happy. You shouldn't have anything to moan about. Like, it's not true. We have a fucking lot to moan about. <laughs> and we don't earn that much money. It's only certain people that earn, uh, earn all the money. Yeah. Like, we don't get me wrong. We earn good money. Like, some of us. We're lucky enough that we earn good money. Um, and I would put... I would, can pretty much put you in that category as well um but yeah people don't really if i can afford to live in los angeles you know like, exactly like, you, you you're doing well I'm, uh, I'm not i was saying i don't know so i'm very happy with you know what i've accomplished and what i'm looking forward to totally totally but it's also people don't realize the amount of money we put back into it and the cost of touring the cost of everything else it's, it's, the, the, the cost of touring on on your mental and physical health, mm, yeah, is is quite draining. The, I, I was watching um, you know the footballer Juan Mata for Man United. Yeah, I'm not a big football fan, but I, I've heard of his name. Yes, yeah, so I watched the TV interview he did before, and uh, he was just explaining the psychological effects of being in front of ninety thousand people, mm. screaming and cheering for you, or yeah. screaming abuse at you, and then 
an hour later, you're at a hotel, yeah. you're in a hotel room, one euro, completely isolated. Mm. And, you know, having such a high to such a low. Yeah. Can be quite jarring. Yeah. For me, going back to touring after COVID, I was like, that was the biggest thing for me where I was like, shit, like we destroy our bodies. Like yeah. no sleep. I think the like the last three weeks I did one hour I did one night of eight hours sleep and all the others were like no hours, two hours, three hours. And that's even on down days because you I for me, like my brain just doesn't switch off in touring. So like yeah. three hours sleep, two hours sleep is just kind of normal. And then I, I, I fall asleep with like a TV on. Yeah. Do you suffer from tinnitus? Touch wood. Not yet. Do you? So look for me, I know it's like it's calmed down a lot now, but I don't know whether it's because we've started doing shows again, but through the uh pandemic when I was at home a lot, yeah, in silence and because don't forget there was no traffic or anything, there was just mm. no noise anywhere, and I was noticing my ears ringing so fucking much. Yeah, that's not good. And I was like, Ooh. Yeah. It's I do, take do you wear earplugs. Yeah, always. I've but I've worn earplugs since I was like twelve years old. Fair play. Yeah, like, I didn't start wearing them until I was like 28, 29. Mm, yeah. I, so I think the damage was done. Yeah. I got I got earplugs right when I first started DJing. And I was just like, I, I have to. But like, could you imagine like being Carl Cox? And like what, they, or like all the old school dudes? He, he had to be doing something right because, you know, he, he like... Imagine that he's aged now and he's still at the top of his game. What a fucking achievement. I know. How, like, how? It's insane. Danny Tanaglia. Get him on and find out. I know. Jesus, I'd love to get him on. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. But like, oh, brilliant. I bet he's got some amazing things to... The thing is, is it's very strange. In every, in every industry, there's one person that's like at the top of everything, right? And I would say he's at the top of, of our industry. Like footballers, there's like a top of the best footballers. There's like two or three best footballers in the world. Yeah. Like, But to get to the top of your game and stay there, like footballers don't stay there. Formula no, One no. drivers don't stay there for that long. Like athletes yeah, This is what I've said to a lot of up-and-coming producers as well. It's like, you know, getting yourself there and getting on the map like, might seem like the hard part, but that's the easy it's part. It's the easy like, bit. Instead, it's then maintaining a consistent level of mm. relevance and good music and keeping people interested in what you are doing. That's well, how many times, how, how many times in your career are you like, have you been like, I need to change things up because I'm not, I'm plateauing. Only one time. And that yeah. was like many, many, many years ago. Yeah. But then off the back of that, I always said to myself, going back to what I was talking about with the middle ground earlier, it's like if I always try and find a middle ground mm. between what's going on, it will always just keep me in a nice yeah. pocket where I'm not sounding like anyone else. Anyone or... else. Yeah, for me, it was... It's also important as well because a lot, you know, like don't get me wrong, when I was first getting into producing and stuff, like you all always look towards your peers yeah. and stuff on what they're doing and kind of use that as a a benchmark to what you want to get to. So, you know, because there are times where I'll hear like carbon copies of songs that, you know, I've done over the years. And mm. 
you know, sometimes it can be frustrating, but then you have to think back to what you were like when you were kind of coming up and stuff as well. I think it's frustrating when somebody... It's easier to look at something and copy it than to invent that yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think what's... I don't know. There's pros and cons, right? Like, it's... When somebody copies what you're doing, is like, it's a it's the best form of flattery, right? I don't know what the, can't remember what the saying is, but it is like the best yeah. form of flattery. But then also when somebody that's extremely successful copies what you're doing and then tries to make it their thing is very fucking frustrating. I'm sure you've had that as well. Not as much as a lot of my other friends have. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean though. Yeah. yeah. It's, because, it's, you know, I, I think there are certain ways that when you are at a good level of staying there. Yeah. And, you know, so some people will look to what the kids are doing mm. and then evolve that way, which yeah. is exactly what you're talking about there. Pretty much. Pretty Happens much. Happens a lot. It always will happen. You know, it's the music industry. It's fashion. It's fashion. And I always say this, music is fashion. It's the same as yeah. the fashion industry. Like, soon everyone's going to... And now it's fast fashion as yeah. well. Yeah. It's not like 10, 15 years ago where... There weren't that many people producing, like being a music producer now is so accessible for everybody. Well, how many people like like on a weekly basis hit you up and be like, I wanna write music, I wanna do this, I wanna do that? I'm like, cool, do it. Quite a few, yeah, but I'm very selective with like who I work with and stuff. Mm. Like all I just wanna do cool shit with my friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not really interested in doing like a high level collabs it's like you know look at us we're making moves kind of thing i couldn't give a flying fuck yeah. about that i just want to yeah do cool shit with my friends that's it i know i mean just general like like new kids that just like are hitting you up like on like how do you do this how do you do that like for me i get it so much and then yeah, I well, also, I'm sorry, most of them mm, yeah and but i also I mean, I over insta and stuff you know? i also get a lot of people saying like wanting it now it's like they 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 decided they're a producer now and that they want to be writing hits tomorrow and yeah, it's like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen mate like i mean like you could be an anomaly yeah don't get me wrong you know but for the most part it takes years and years <laughs> and years and years it's what carl cox will probably tell you yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, just years and years. You can, ne- you will never know everything. No, especially with how fast everything's evolving, with all the new technology that's coming in and stuff. It's just, it's mad. It's amazing. I love also, it. now than ever, like, there there is just so many different things and different options and different ways of putting things together. Yeah, and yeah. Producing and how much how much luck do you think there is in this industry? Or in life? I think in the dance music industry, more so than it is in other industries. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, why you know, why do you think that? that? Why do you think that? There was always that saying that, you know, you have your one kind of shot and once you have that, that's it kind of thing. You know, X Factor vibes yeah, yeah. and stuff. But in dance music, it's completely different because of how fast everything is mm. and because of how quick and easily you can reinvent your sound Yeah. or try to change it into something. As long as it's good and people like it and it hits... Yeah, I guess you're right. You've always have a successful career. Yeah. But, you know, there, there is an element of luck in a lot of things as well. Like, 
you know, because you could release a song in one month where there's not much going on around it and it could pop, but then if you release it and there's a load of other things going on at the same time, you know, you're not going to get that same heat. So yeah. timing is... Timing. Well. And even with records as well, there's records that I'll be releasing over the next, like, six months that I've been... I wrote three, four years ago. Mm. So I've had to sit there. Because sometimes you can write a record and it's like something's not right about it. Yeah. And then as times change, it's like actually that record is perfect feels now. Like how it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. I've always said that as as music producers, we are always going to be like ahead of the curve mm. in that aspect. And as someone who wants to try and make original music, and if you've made something that's quite different to what's out there at the minute, like nine times out of ten, it's not going to hit. Mm. And, you know, and the thing about some of the pioneers that we've had over the years, they'll be putting out this forward-thinking stuff. And then when it becomes fashionable, it's the other people around it who latch onto it, who end yeah. up getting the success off the back of it. But I think the pioneers well, eventually come through. It, it, it's, yeah. it, the, and this is the thing for me is, like, it's about putting the foundations into your career rather than looking for the success straight away. Because if... if Absolutely, yeah. If you've got no foundation, then it's... I, I, I think of it like an audio wave. You know, it's like mm. a bass wave. If you have that slow and steady build, yeah. you're going to stay for longer. But, you know, if you have the quick hit and it just puts you up there, you're more inclined just to go. Yeah. And the pressure at the top there, like... There's a lot. Think how many people have had like big, like chart topping records that have come off the back of the dance scene. Yeah. And if they wanted, they could have maintained mm. that same thing. But a lot of people kind of retreat and then go back down into this, like, I want to be an underground yeah. DJ. It's a kind of like state of mind. Do you know what I mean? It always amazes me that to a certain extent sometimes because their commercial stuff was so much better than their underground stuff. Yes. So it's like, just stick with it <laughs> sometimes. But then, like, let's yeah. say, for instance, like Camel Fat, right? Like, those yeah. boys obviously had the, like, cola crazy hit that they weren't expecting. And yeah. they were out of that. They were out, allowed to carve, like, a pretty underground commercial success, career, successful career out of that. Yeah. There's not many people that have been able to do that. Oh, yeah, it's... And that, that was like, look how simple it was for them as well. Yeah. But I, a, but a, again, uh, it's like how long were they doing it? They were like five, five, eight, five years as camel fat, doing camel fat beforehand and then their careers beforehand. Oh, mate, their careers beforehand, they were prolific. Exactly. Pretty green eyes. Prolific, mate. Mate, how many times have you been at a oh, school good. disco listening to that trying to pull a girl yeah <laughs> well the under 18s nights did you ever used to have under 18s nights in your area i used to dj like on roses and stuff oh mate so good yeah i used to dj them and then everything um, you've been djing for a while then. yeah 13 years i was 13 when i well i was actually playing when i was younger but i was playing in clubs when i was 13 cool yeah, so we used to do all the under-18s. And then the minute we'd play hip-hop, there'd always be, like, massive fights on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> and then and then you'd have to play house again. Or it wasn't even house then. What was, It was, like, trance. 
probably would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, like because when was that kind of two thousand and three? My MySpace electro era. No, the the old A track. Yeah, that was that was like two thousand and five, like Blockhouse. Blockhouse. That's what I was thinking of. Because I know Mickey Slim was like Mickey Slim. Mickey Slim. Yes. Mickey Slim. Mm. (laughs) Mickey Slim and Funk Agenda back in the day. Funk Agenda. I forgot he's a Brummy boy. He is, isn't he? Did you? I've never met him. He's wicked. I I spent quite a bit of time with him in Ibiza because when I used to live out there. Um, oh, what I'd do just to be young living back in Ibiza again. Did you live there? Yeah, I did a few seasons there. What years? I, I would live in uh, Calavadea. Uh, what year? So I was 20 and 21. So when would that have been? I'm 33 now. Because I was there 20... 2006. I left school in 2005. Mm, yeah, we missed each other. Oh, yeah, it would have been like 2010, 2011, 2012. We were out there at the same time. It wouldn't surprise me. I was a resident at Orange oh, Corner. You didn't have to be it then, though, did you? No, I didn't. I looked like a gay porn star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> an, underage, an underage one as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, where did I used to DJ? Um, so me and my friend Ian, uh, we were the first DJs to play at Jet Apartments next to Bora Bora. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. you know it was always Bora Bora for the longest time, and then yeah. I think there was a bit of beef between Bora Bora and Jet Apartments, and all about timing again. Yeah. So I, I was doing uh, these um, catamaran parties. Okay. For Italian and Spanish company. Yeah. Where we'd like, because you know, most of the boat parties in Ibiza, you can't jump off the, no. uh, the, but these catamarans you could, so we could pull up and like jump off in different areas and stuff. So we were doing those four times a week. And then whoever was running them knew someone at Jet Apartments. So mm. me and my friend started DJing at Jet Apartments at the same time that Bora Bora was going up. Yeah. But like, we were getting good numbers compared to Bora Bora at the time. That's and some amazing. of the stuff I was playing was so bad. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> Funk Agenda was massive then as well. Yeah. Man with the Red Face. He's Man with the Red Face remix, yeah. He's in well, LA he did, now, isn't he? Because he did, um, I want to rock right now. Yeah, he I did, wanna, didn't he? I want to rock right now. I want to, I want to. Doesn't he live in LA? I'm not sure. Or did he go back to Birmingham? I know he moved to America. Yeah, I hope not. Can you imagine having to move back to Birmingham after <laughs> living in Los Angeles for so long? I, to be fair, I'm not a fan of Los Angeles. I don't think I can live there again. Do you know what? There's ups and downs. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. I'm trying to... I, I, I don't live in the, in, in the thick of Los Angeles anymore. I'll move north to like Studio City. Oh, okay. Is that the Valleys? Yes. Yeah. Nice. But it's as close to like Los Angeles as you'll get in yeah. the Valleys and stuff. Yeah. Like, when I first moved here, I just like, I love the energy and I love the... Yeah, everyone's like a go-getter, do you yeah, know what I mean? 100%. And he was inspiring to be around mm. at the time. But then, you know, I think when you move here, you start seeing the darker side of it. Yeah, especially during COVID, it's got dark. LA's got yeah. very dark. Yeah. Sadly. And a lot of LA, it's, it's quite like, almost like a social construct, you mm. know. But Would you the leave? The first question I normally get asked is, what do you do? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Well, I, I am not that type of person. I'm just sparking up a conversation. But I think that's but America generally. Anything, anything but industry, do you know what I mean? I think that's America generally. Yeah. 
because like maybe i i don't find it so much i don't find it at all like that in the uk never has been unless you go soho house yeah but the the breeding ground of ars you're a fucking (laughs) bell end if you go to soho house (laughs) (laughs) that's a good cancel boy every a and r in england (laughs) i don't care they they have shit choice anyway um yeah have you been to the soho house in la yet no no me neither i bit the the berlin one is nice though i must say never been to berlin oh mate you have did you know i've never been a fan of berlin because i'm all about inclusivity and everyone should get a chance and all i hear about that fucking shit ass club where people queue up for hours and if you're not dressed right they tell you to fuck off bergein bergein but i i honestly think berlin's the most inclusive place in the world because Apart from that club. Uh, yeah, but even, I think, like, I've not been to that club, but, yeah, uh, that side of it. But, like... Are you going to let me in if I roll up in my fucking Stone Island jacket? <laughs> you are not getting in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be wearing some, like... tattoos on his face. It looks like he's about to rip your heart out. He's like, no, you can't come in because you look a bit too rude. <laughs> he's about to bend you over and fist you, mate. That's all he wants you know to do. You know what I mean? With them on his face, fuck. So yeah, I've just never seen the appeal with Berlin. I love it. It's a cool city. I think you'd really enjoy it because yeah. it is very inclusive. Like, there's clubs where you like aren't allowed in with clothes on. Like, wow. Yeah, it's like serious. Like, you can do, you can be whoever you want, and there's no rules or laws about it. Like, you can go to a club and literally like fist someone in the club, and it's normal. Wow. Yeah, like. It's, wow. it's, there's a, <laughs> I, I was out there with Ryan, um, just before, uh, the pandemic and we had, uh, dinner. How is Ryan? Is he good? Yeah, he's good, man. He's really good. He's really good. Um, and we went out with, you know, Terry from Beatport? No. Um, and he was talking about all the nights in, in, uh, Berlin and there's a party called Fist Fridays, which you literally turn up supposedly with um your like plastic mat put it on the floor get your toys out and just let people do whatever the fuck they, you want to them oh my gosh yeah so it's pretty inclusive apart from yeah but guy not being allowed in but i think i think that whole thing is what was happening my ass before i went there yeah mate you'd have to get yeah. that squeaky clean fuck in fact no probably not they probably yeah. like it <laughs> um but i think the whole bergheim thing i read something up it was like it was getting so popular that all the tourists were going and people from berlin weren't actually being able to get into the club because it was always packed full of tourists and the the locals were like we 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 live in we live in berlin because we love to party we love to kind of give back to the community and kind of do all of this but we can't get into any of the clubs so you need to that's fair. So I think that's what it was about, and then it's just a a big thing now. Should go. So without context, you know. You should go, man. It's a, it's a great city. It's a great city. Um, let's talk. I'll about... be down as soon, as soon as I can travel again. Yeah, Are you, you can. I'm, I'm having a lot of visa complications. Oh, really? Why? One thing I can't speak about. Yeah. But then. There's the visa thing as well. But. Yeah. 
Not sure, but until the first thing you sorted out, you can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. So, mate, it's been such a nightmare for everyone. Yeah, but yeah, as it stands, I think I'm going to be stuck here until what March. Oh, mate, yeah. I was which lucky. Is, which is awful, man, because like, I haven't been able to see my family and my uh, friends and my mm. best mates at home since March 2020, and that is grinding my yeah. gears, man. It's two years, man. It's long. It's long. It's... And you know, like I, I love that I've got Chris Lake who lives five minutes up the street, and AC yeah. that lives ten minutes that way. Like, it's nice to have like good mates like, yeah close good yeah. mates around but it's, you know, like, it's still not my sisters and it's still not your family man you know yeah if you've, if you've got a good relationship with your family it's like i was so lucky during lockdown because i li- i have a place next door to my parents so it's like was, this, uh, when did you move back from detroit because you were in detroit for the longest time right? yeah so i was in detroit way before i i was taught i did my open to close tour and then my last show of the open to close tour was in phoenix and ryan i was at detroit airport i just drove to the airport because my show in seattle the night before had been cancelled because of covid yeah and i drove to the airport ryan called me and was like mate we're gonna do a second party on the sunday just a heads up because it's gonna be the last party for a while i was like cool hung up Five minutes later, he called me. He's like, Trump's closing the borders. I suggest if you want to be locked down in the UK, you get a flight out after on Sat on Sunday morning. So yeah. I left my car at the airport and played the show and then got straight out of there. And I was in the UK for the whole of lockdown. No way. Yeah. I was in the UK when Trump announced the uh, lockdown. I was oh, in really? the Demon studio. How did you get home? Get back what, to America? Sorry. So um, I, I did my last show was with Sonny Federa. Mm. At, uh, was it Printworks? Yeah, in London. Oh, it was a venue in London. I don't remember, but I did that show. So then uh, I was supposed to spend the week at Devon, uh, Devon Analog, do another run of shows yeah. that weekend and fly back the week after. And uh, Megan, she's quite alert to... What's going on? You know, everything that's going on like in in that as a part of the world yeah. and stuff. And she, well, I'm just going to keep tabs on it because she was saying you should fly home now because he's going to close the borders. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is paid for. I just want to be here. And mm. I think it was Thursday night or something. And I was up working anyway. And I actually uh, got Atlantic to get a songwriter to come down yeah. and stay at the studio so we could like, you know, jam out on some stuff and try and yeah. get some vocal on And he had a car. Because you know Devon Analog is in the middle, middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, yeah. It's near me. Right, so I think it was one forty-five in the morning mm-hmm. that Trump announced it. So obviously it was late in the evening time Yeah. in America. but I mean, they're late in England. But yeah, yeah. S- Afternoon. In so, so most people were still in bed. And yeah, as yeah. soon as I saw that that travel ban was coming in, so it was going to take effect on the Monday. Yeah. And I was supposed to be flying Tuesday, so... I called American Airlines instantly, and I've got good status yeah. with them. And normally, I get through in like five seconds. Yeah. It took me forty-five minutes to get through, and I just said to him, "I says I want to change my flight to this flight that I'd found ten mm. thirty the next morning." And they were like, "Yeah, we can put you on there." So I got my flight changed, luckily, and then I managed to get the songwriter to drop me to the train station. And I had to wake him up to get him to do it because I was um, trying to get a taxi ordered. 
yeah, you can't run that. I couldn't get one ordered in time, so I had to go and wake him up. I'm like, I need a favour. Can you take me to the uh, train station so I'm going to the airport? Oh, man, and even then, I remember like, I was going around uh, other train stations in London, and I was like one of the only people with a mask on at the yeah. time. Yeah, masks. I remember. People, I remember. People were looking at me like I was the, the odd one out wearing yeah. the mask. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember in the UK when after the even after the first lockdown people weren't really wearing masks and then it kind of got in more a little bit in the like june july time where people started wearing them and now it's mate it's fucking normal here now yeah I, honestly i love it <laughs> it's it's more normal here than it is in america I think because it's smaller. Yeah, I think it depends on what part of America because like, in Los Angeles in particular, like, I just went out to grab some food earlier. Everyone will mask up around here. Yeah. You, you know, in just like normal day-to-day things where I go to other parts of America. And... Yeah, I'm... You're... Say Florida, Cal- for example, you know, it's just like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, you're in California, which they take it pretty seriously. The yeah. thing, the thing in... A, yeah, I don't know. You I, know, people are still dying, you know. Yeah. I did, I, I've had a lot of friends who've passed away from yeah. it who were like our age. You know, it's, it's mad. It's mad. It's got to be fucking hell. You hear about everything that's going on, but when it's like someone that's close to you that you know and stuff, it hits different. It hits different, it does. When, when it's close to home, it's like, whoa, shit. I was talking to my parents the other night and we were like, we were talking about somebody and I was like, oh, how did he die? And they were like, yeah, COVID. And then it was like, oh, how did they die? I was like, COVID. And you're like, shit, it, it has hit a lot more people than than you think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're still not fully out of this yet. That's what I was conflicted, you know, with, like, shows happening. And, yeah. And coming so, back and stuff. But, like, obviously, once they've kind of said, you know, we're, we're, good. we're not giving anyone any support anymore, mm. you're on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like even still now, like you know, part of me still conflicted about going out and doing some of these shows. And I know that it's something that we have to learn to live with now. And I know we're like we're at a different point now than we were, say, back in like April. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. Like, I think, yeah, I think season, the early stages have been rolled out. You know, I think we, I think it is going to be something that we have to live with. And hopefully, the, all the variants get weaker and weaker, and then it's just like the flu every year, and then yeah. people just get used to it. And I think that's kind of what would happen generally with something like this it just kind of weakens out i don't know it's it's shit man it's fucked up so many it's fucked up everyone's life to a certain extent people are different now people are different like the world is a different place people act differently dystopian version of what it was before yeah people people act differently in public people act differently socializing it's very different people a lot of people with like serious anxiety like serious like the people who like were living on their own mm. for a lot of the pandemic yeah. and like you know being in isolation for that long a lot of, i've had friends who like it hit pretty hard yeah yes. who were living on their own and stuff. some of them just moved away and, yeah like to a different part of the world to try and like have you know bit. just you get their shit and get the mind in order you know yeah man yeah it's fucking wild um Let's talk about this new single of yours because when this is out, I think your new single's out. It will be, won't it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I was actually driving um, with Megan to do a, a socially distant show at the uh, Midway. Yeah. 
in February. And we decided we were going to drive instead of fly. So like five-hour drive or whatever. Mm. And we were driving up there, and she played the original Mamas and Papas yeah. California Dreaming song. And, you know, we was listening. I was like, man, this is so good, isn't it? And then I remembered that I have all of the vocal stems mm. from this project. Um, I did um, when I used to, like, do ghost production and I was working years ago I used to work with someone called Davey Boy from Echo Records mm. uh, he managed to get the DAT tapes of all the uh, vocals and all the guitars and stuff that were replayed for this record label called Rumor Records yeah. so he got them and then we did something with it back then and I kept hold of that acapella no way yeah because I was like it's so good yeah you know? it is and uh, when I was transferring a lot of stuff off one of my older hard drives onto one of my new ones, I just mm. put it in a folder and I just remembered that I had the vocal. I yeah. Like, I'm going to do something with this when I get back. And I put the vocals in and, oh, mate, it's what? A kick drum, a bongo loop, a clap, a hi-hat, mm. an 808 bass and a vocal. I tried putting music in with it and stuff and I was like, it's not going to work. No. I was like, I just need a DJ tool for my sets. Mm. It's really going to like work and set it off. And uh, there was an old Ron Carroll record. I can't remember the name of it, but it was real simple again. It was just a vocal and beats and bass, and it works still now. You know, you yeah. get them songs that just never tire out, and you yeah. can always play them in your set, and you always know that it's going to work. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just wanted something like that for my DJ sets. So the best part of three hours, you know, like I take no fucking credit whatsoever for how. <laughs> that song goes down because I am not the mamas and papas. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? exactly. Yeah. I just took a vocal of fucking Vengeance Bongo Loop and a few other things through together three hours. Mate, Watch. I have not heard about Vengeance Loops in fucking forever. I Vengeance Loops. They were the ones. Vengeance, like, I still go and use like Vengeance drum samples from time to time. Yeah, I need to pull out the old samples. They're good, man. Yeah. They're they are really good and they do stand the test of time. Can you remember EJ? People are very like, splice orientated now. Yeah, I, I moved a lot to splice. People are using producer packs and stuff, and like, most of these producer packs are just regurgitated vengeance like, samples yeah. that they've just kind of put in there themselves, you know. Mm. Yeah, I use a lot of splice, but for like one hits mostly. Yeah. And then. Yeah, or like effects, effects noises and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but I, no, I know there are certain people who build their whole lot records off like splice loops with like pianos and well, there's and stuff and some of the biggest hits right now of like we all know that the biggest one of the biggest hits was made last year was all splice. Which one? I don't want to say because I don't want to throw him under the bus because I know. I mean, like for, for me, I, I get why you'd say that, but look, I've always been under the impression. Not impression. Like, I don't care how you get there. If you're going to make a banging record, whether it's a loop, I agree. Or a sample, like it doesn't fucking matter. As long as people dance and people like it, you know, people can moan all they want about, oh, you didn't play this, or oh, it's a sample and stuff. It's like, so fucking what? Man? No, I agree with that totally. You know, I've spent hours before trying to like craft everything from the ground up and stuff, and you know, something that I thought this is a good record doesn't fucking work. Throw something together in no time with no real. That's, they're the best ones they, they work yeah. every time it's yeah. it's the best ones uh, and i think and then go, going back to california dream this wasn't ever intended for a, for a release for a release yeah until lakey um, got his hands but when, on it. once i did it like um 
the, I'll show you Lake. He was like, send me this. I'm going to play this at the uh, the Arizona show that he did yeah. with Fish. And like the, the reaction was insane. Yeah, I bet. It was like, yeah, this is... Have you played it in California yet? Yes. I bet that was mad. I played, I played it at CrossFest. Oh, the yeah. Other week. I love that pretty- festival. So good. Just love that festival. The guys that so, run it are so nice as well. It's just fucking yeah, amazing. They're amazing, yeah. Mr. Shockey and all yeah. the LED crew. It's so cool. They know how to run a festival. They know how to run a festival. They know how to put a lineup together. They know yeah. how to promote it. They just they just do it so well. So yeah. well. I played Arc I've Festival. Been, well, I've been enjoying playing for like their shows quite a lot recently. Mm, they're wicked. They're really nice guys as well. Really, The team's really cool and it's not doesn't feel like a corporation no. where a lot of festivals feel like a corporation. Yeah. I guess they kind of are in a way. Yeah, of course they are. They're tens yeah. of thousands no, 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 of people. Nothing against that as well, because, you know, in the same breath, I still love playing for the insomnia. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. 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 He's, Vegas. He's just like, he's phenomenal. Yeah. It's so. wild. It's a city. Have you ever played Glastonbury? No, no, mate. I've, it's my dream. I think that I was going to play one time and I got offered £250 plus two on the guest list. <laughs> but then I had another show offer on that same weekend where it was like 5K. Yeah. And a full fucking rider and as many guests as you want. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think at the time I was just like, <sighs> mate, let's get this bread. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to fucking take the bread to get yeah. that money and just. Glastonbury's never going to go away. No. It's always going to be there. You know, same with money. You, you I, know, like, I think if the opportunity comes up again in the future, because I, I've heard it's just super low fees. Yeah, have you ever been? No. Oh man, yeah, you'll be. It's one of the only festivals I haven't been to. It's like fifteen minutes from my house, so I grew up no going way. there. Yeah. Um, wow, mate. Is so you know that feeling when you go to EDC and you're like, this is something special. Yeah. Like when you go to Glastonbury. This sounds really fucking stupid and hippy dippy, but it will change your life. It will change. No. It will change your views on on it all. Other and, festivals that have changed my life like that, Shambhala. I've never been to that. I I got booked. I got booked for it, and we couldn't make it routine wise. We just couldn't make it happen. Yeah, so annoying. But I've heard. I remember going there. Yeah, I landed at th- Thursday evening and. This is the first time I've ever stayed in a tent at a music festival. Mm. So I got there Thursday night and I couldn't see anything that was going on. And there was bits of music on because obviously the Thursday night is like the pre-launch night before everything kicks off on the Friday. So we travelled for like 21 hours yeah. and finally got there. I had to lug my case through all <laughs> the dust and stuff to the tent and they put me in this little tent with a little blow-up mattress. They're like, here's your bottle. Don't lose this. This is what you fill up your water with. And I was like... Wow. So I, I lay on this uh, blow up mattress because I was knackered. I yeah. was like, I'm going to try and sleep so I'm fresh for the morning. And my tent was right next to a stage. So there was no escaping the music at all. Mm. And then it must have been about 3 30 in the morning. And I woke up and I can hear DWE on a grime record. No way. I was like, Am I fucking tripping? <laughs> and I've opened the tent and it's just like DWE playing and it's just this grime beat. And I was like, I was like, let me get up. So I got out of my tent and then I went to this like stage area and 
everyone was just dressed up and it was just so hypnotic and mm. people had blown the dark hula hoops and they were doing all the things with the hands and stuff and it's just like all i saw was a load of hippies dancing to grime music oh, i love that mind i was like wow yeah i've heard wow. it special I've heard it. And then people are like, but people are just so friendly there and they're coming over and they're just offering you like drinks and mm. whatever else and stuff like super accommodating. And I was like, yo, this is fucking tight. Mm. Spent the whole weekend there and met me, you know, I think, you know what it's like going to a festival in England where nobody really puts in the effort, you know, you just yeah. put on your blubber, turn up, gun fingers, have a skank and stuff, yeah. get drunk, get larry. And yeah. then, Coming from that background to going to a festival like that was really, really eye-opening. This is a lot of UK festivals are very different to North American festivals. Absolutely, like just just generally how people are. How I played in Leeds. I did Mint Fest the other day. How uh, was that? It's fucking wicked, man! It was wicked. I've never never played there before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was wicked, but I was, of course, I play more in America than I do anywhere else. And I'm used to American festivals. Like yeah. UK festivals are just so different. So yeah. different. Like people are so different. How, like, where I find in the US, people are there to like listen to the music and party and kind of, kind of exp have a bit of an experience where I find in the uk it's like let's get as fucked as we possibly can and <laughs> <laughs> and and let's listen to the music a little bit but let's just yeah. get absolutely bollocksed and have yeah. the best time which i love it's like i love seeing it's people amazing. have fun yeah it's, it's, i think it's good to be able to have those two different types of i agree yeah festival. you know if everything was the same yeah you know it's gonna get Olden, have you played stuff. have you played desert hearts before no. mate if you ever get the chance speak to mikey and get him to book you because it's fucking wicked yeah it's 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 for I've me heard, i've heard good things about it for me I've, it's I've never done burning man either i nah, mean either i think i'm a bit too much of a snob for it like i just don't want to be in a desert sweating I, my I, I think you off. need to go and do shambhala first and stay in a tent for the weekend and i think you'll be ready for anything i'm happy to stay in a tent i'm i'm cool with that but it's the heat, the desert heat. But like you can tell by our skin tones already that exactly. Like I just I can't deal with it. But, but then you know, like, like okay, so I don't know if it does. It stay hot at Burning Man on the night times. I, as I well. think at night time like, it gets cold, but in the day it's like yeah. Because in Canada, like at Shambhala, it was the same. It yeah. was like freezing in the night time, but as soon as that sun hits your tent, sweating. You're like waking up charbroiled. Yeah, it's. <laughs> And then you've got like the, the 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 showers where you have to pull the lever yeah. to get the water on you and stuff. Oh, it's brilliant! Yeah, I love that shit. I love that. No, I do oh. want to do. Justin Martin did, um, Burning Man for twenty four hours, and he went. He got the bus in. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. the bus in. It was like he was. It was when he first became sober. Um, so he got the bus in. Didn't tell anyone he was going. Um, yeah. just went by himself. Are you telling me the Burning Man turned Justin Martin sober? No, he was sober beforehand. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So can you remember? <laughs> can you remember Grilson? Yes. So when Gros oh, when Grilson yeah. when Grilson passed away, um, Justin 
became sober. And so that's when Claude became sober as well, I believe. Um, yeah. And he went to Burning Man. Justin went to Burning Man for 24 hours, like took his camera like, and just got a rucksack and was just like, I'm just going to go for 24 hours in and out. And he said it was the best experience of his life. Amazing. Yeah. And I love, like, I'd love to do that and like go there with no expectations and just fucking just be by yourself and just yeah. enjoy it by yourself. That'd be kind of amazing. Yeah, it would. I mean, I'm quite good at that anyway. You, know, you ask my mates, you know, just growing up, you know, if we all go out on a night out, you know, some people stick together and whatnot. I'm in there, I'll have a few drinks with you for a bit and then I am gone. I'm off. I'm just living in my own head, just yeah. going around. Yeah, I'll see them throughout the night and stuff and I'm really good at Because, you know, especially like, you know, when you're traveling, like doing shows and stuff, you're solo quite a lot unless yeah. you've got a tour manager. Yeah, you have to. You have to be able to. I know some people need to be babysat. You know, I almost don't want people around me when I'm traveling, and I'm. I don't mean that in a horrible way, but I don't know about you, but I just get caught. I'm like so. This is regimented on how I travel and how I like to do things. I'm like, if somebody else comes in, I'm like, fuck. I have to like think about somebody else, and I have to pay attention to somebody else. Whereas when yeah. I'm traveling, I think it's different having a tour manager because you know their purpose is to like pay attention to you. And, yeah, and what you need. Do so. you have a tour manager? No, not a set one. No. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a TM come to certain shows if I feel like I need one. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes you know it can be quite a shit show when you're trying to navigate. You I've know, never had just, one. Or getting from one spot to the other and then getting to the yeah green room and then getting your rider brought to stage and then off stage and mm. if you play your set and you need a towel or you need a drink or whatever yeah i've never had one i i've always i've had like like ryan if you know what i mean or like somebody yeah, yeah. around but i've never had like a direct tour manager that's just purely there i know a lot of people swear by them yeah. and especially in these new age now where like you know the think about all the recap videos that everybody puts together yeah They'll have done the, the show, and then like three hours later, there's going to be a recap video up. And yeah. I know now a lot of these tour managers are tour managers, photographers, videographers, yeah. all in one, and they all come as like a... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... package. It, again, it goes back to that fast industry, right? It's like everyone wants everything now. Everyone yeah. wants everything an hour ago. Yeah. Which... I, I can relate to sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, I get hounded for, like, music all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but my thing is making a load of music and never releasing it. Mm. Yeah. Make a I fuck just, ton of edits, annoy everyone because yeah. you play Yeah, them. man. And, you, like, and here's what I noticed. If you don't release them and you just keep them exclusive, people will moan and whinge at you. It's like, put it out, put it out and stuff. Who said that? Just people in general, yeah. anyone, like like fans, yeah. people, other artists, my mates who want the tunes, like, can I have this? I'm just like, nope. Yeah. But then, like, you get so much more longevity from that track sets. or that edit. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Whereas if you make it and then you put it out, because people can sit at home and just consume it on Spotify and listen to it over and over again, it just becomes older so much quicker. Yeah, it doesn't give you any um, diversity. Exclusivity. Yeah, exclusivity, diversity in your sets, like... I don't know about you, but most of my sets are like 85, 90% my own music. And it depends where I'm playing. And yeah. Where. And if I'm, if at least 50% all the time. Yeah. And if everyone's got your records and playing your records and they're all out, like, doesn't make your set any good. No. 
Um, it's actually like, you know, if you're playing like Sunday evening at a festival and then like all through the day you've had other DJs just banging out your songs, then when people do come to listen to you, it's like, I've heard it. I'm vibing, but I've heard it like another three or four times already. I bet, I bet Fish get got pissed off with that when first came out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe because I I don't, I, I don't know if I see it as much anymore, but like there are times when like my friends used to put on events way back in Birmingham where like the headline DJ would have a set list of songs that the openers weren't allowed to play. Weren't allowed to play, really? I know Eric Marillo, yeah, he used to send over to Gatecrasher. It was like three, four pages of songs that no one else could DJ. That's a good shout. You give the discretion of if he wants to play or not kind Mm. of thing, you know. Warm-up DJs are interesting because I think especially in America people just want to slam it before you get yeah. on <laughs> how many times have people played well, that's from the record? dj carnage handbook isn't it <laughs> i remember the tweet you did you saw the opener should be shelling it down because you never know who's going to be there <laughs> and if the if the headline has got a problem with it that's on them yeah i i don't have an issue with it because i always just like reset it but it's yeah. always funny when um somebody plays your record right before you get on Oh, God. And you're like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the support, mate. I haven't had it too many times recently, to be fair. Recently, I haven't, no. Had it a couple of times. But over the years before, yeah, I've had openers like Shell Down, like the last three songs are my biggest songs that I had. I'm just like, (laughs) what are you doing? Why are you booking me? (laughs) As as you walk on the stage as well, so it looks like you're playing it. Because everyone's fucked up in the crowd, so they don't have a clue. They just see you're on the stage and they're like, oh, he's playing. So that's why you you always kind of have to be like a few steps ahead as well. Yeah, know? have to be. Which is kind of like if we didn't produce, we would definitely wouldn't have the no, you, you know the the sets that we get and stuff. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And the 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 lucky thing is is that we can have an idea and do it quickly, and send it to a mates. Nowadays, we can send it to mates really quickly. Get get feedback. And it it can be played like that Depeche Mode record that I sent you. Yeah, yeah. Like when you told me to change the, the clap, change the clap, yeah. sent it to five people, and it got played videos everywhere that weekend. Sick. And it's like it, it's amazing, isn't it? What we can do. Yeah. It's, we're so lucky now. It's like yeah, amazing. Build a record. Stick a sausage fattener on the master. Banging, mate. Sausage. Oh, sausage oh, people are use sausage fattener on the master, and they get so mad at me. Dada Life is the I we can't thank them enough. That was the best thing they ever did. Do you you use it a lot then as well? I so I use it on my when I'm writing. I yeah, that's what I put on my master chain when I'm writing. I have like a master chain after, but okay, that's what I put on for my master chain. Eight times out of ten, I end up leaving it on there. Do you? Yeah, because when I take it off, like I don't know what I don't know what it's doing inside that thing, but like the way it models. Adding sausage to it, mate. Oh, and it does, yeah. It just puts the sausage in there, you know. And Girth. When you take it off, it just falls flat. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, are you yeah. on Ableton now? No logic stuff. You st- fuck yes. Are you still on logic? Yeah, we're, mate. We're the last of a dying breed. We are the last. I, uh, Born dirty. I've got a deal with him. I was like, he's he goes on about me. Literally, it was like. Three months ago, for about a year, he said to me every single day, go to Ableton, go to Ableton, go to Ableton. It's what Lake says all the fucking time. I'm like, fuck off. So I was like, okay, 
we're going to do a deal. You get a six pack by Christmas and I, I will go on our switch to Ableton, hands down. I know he's not going to get a six pack, so he's never going <laughs> to. <laughs> so I'm never. And but but also the deal was that he can't say to me to go to Ableton if he doesn't get the six pack. So that's what that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to say that learning Ableton is a bad thing because it's not. It's so fucking good. It's so efficient. I have to use it, it for really anti stuff with Lake. Yeah, it is great. It is so for for workflow purposes. Mm, yeah. It's so good. So what I struggle with with Ableton is getting a good sound out of it. Yeah. And a good overall sound and mix. Mm. I think it's also it's just what you're I used to. Do, I know Calvin still uses Logic. Yeah. If if it's good enough for Calvin, it's good enough for us, mate. Exactly. And uh, exactly. on that One note, we've just producers ever. We've just done an hour and a half. I think that's the best. Oh wow! I think that's the best note to end on. There we go. <laughs> There we go. There we go. It's logic. Let's go. Fucking yeah. Fuck you, Ableton users. Right, well, thanks for staying up late, mate, because I know we're on a time zone difference. Oh, mate, thank you for coming on. It was really good. It's only half 11 here, so it's not too bad. Oh, um, good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, I'm sure everyone that listens to this knows who you are, but how can people follow you? How can people listen to the new record? Blah, blah, blah. Well, you can follow me on Instagram, Chris Lorenzo 66 or Twitter at Lorenzo's Beats. I have a new record dropping on Chris Lake's Black Book label called California Dreaming, where I've sampled an old mama's and papa's record and I didn't do a fat lot, but it works. <laughs> it's bang, I'm happy to share it with you all. <laughs> and so this Friday, what's the date we're on now? Well, this is out on Tuesday next week. So this is out already. So it's going to be out already. It's out yeah. already, yeah. Yeah. Perfect timing, mate. Thank Go you. Stream it, download it. The extended will be on Beatport. Obviously, the short one on Spotify because that's what we have to do these days. Napster, LimeWire. Yeah, no. <laughs> Zippy Share. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, Zippy Share. Good times. Uh, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, thanks for having me on, mate. I know uh, I probably waffled for an hour and a half. But it's been great. It's been a really good conversation. I. It's been like therapy. Yeah, man. It's been good. It's been every weekend. Are yeah. you playing Escape? No, I'm in LA for like four, four or five days around then. Oh, around around do you know what? Do you know what I do want to do? What I said I was going to do with your manager ages ago, go climbing because I know he's into climbing. Mate, and let's Megan's all go. Got, Megan's got a membership at the um, the rock gym as well. So let's, let's all go climbing. Let's all go. We'll get uh, Mika out, Bondo, because he's been going with Ryan as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, let's go. And you're a bunch of lanky twats. So we can all just laugh it's at you. It's supposed to be harder for tall people to it's climb. It's so hard for tall people to climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate i look forward to it oh listen an absolute pleasure mate mate thank you so much keep safe see you soon right, love you loads love you dude. good mate. luck hopefully i'll see you soon mate yeah see you soon mate and that's a wrap thanks so much for listening don't forget to subscribe share it with your mates tell everyone about it go listen to chris's record uh california dreaming on spotify apple music the everywhere else i'm sure you'll find it have a great week. Keep safe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.